Welcome to the Dizzy Dreaming Off the Ground podcast. It is your host, Asfa Lee, joined today by my co host, the most Cortez Branch Jr. And we are here today to preview NFL Week 17 action and to talk about tonight's month Thursday night matchup of the Cleveland Browns versus the Ball, sorry, Cleveland Browns, yeah, Cleveland Browns versus the New York Jets, as well as the 49ers. Hopeful bounce back game against the Commanders. Um, so just want to recap real quick before we get into that. Um, you know, obviously, uh, you know, yesterday's guest, Booby Dixon, talked about the Niners' struggles today. Brock Purdy and Kyle Shanahan um, basically took the podium for the press conference and talked about, you know, some of the struggles that, that they had also noticed, um, you know, and some of the areas of improvement. Um, Brock said Brock basically took full accountability for the four interception game, obviously the worst of his career. Um, Kyle, when asked about running the two running back set, basically stated that, you know, yeah, of course you want to try that, but ultimately, you know, you only can try what the defense gives you, right? So credit to Baltimore as well, you know, for kind of scheming that up, you know, as discussed with Booby yesterday. And one more item that, you know, was discussed yesterday with Booby was also kind of the, you know, the multiple backs and kind of Jordan Mitchell, sorry, Jordan Mason and Eli Mitchell and kind of how they could leverage Jordan, uh, you know, and a lot of Niners fans do feel that Jordan Mason should be leveraged a lot more because he could take a lot of the pressure off C-back. So um, before we kind of preview, I just want to get your thoughts, Cortez, about kind of, you know, some of those issues Niners are facing on Monday night uh, and me having been there <laughs> to see firsthand and kind of, I was you know, going to say I'm... you were, uh, you were there. <laughs> yes, I was. Well, I'll start this off. Uh, as you're well aware of, we talked about this and we said the more physical team was going to win that game. Correct. We and, did the more physical team won the game. And I think that that's a combination of reasons why. Number one, Brock Brady is a second-year quarterback. Mm-hmm. Second-year quarterback, he's going to have a bad game here and there. If, if a guy who's been in the league for a lot longer than him, like Patrick Mahomes, can have a bad week, Brock Purdy can have a bad week, too. But here's the thing. The 49ers have all but locked up the number one seed. They're not afraid of Dallas. They're not afraid of Philadelphia. And I think that Lamar Jackson and the Baltimore Ravens going into San Francisco had a lot more to lose if they lost that game than San Francisco did. That's correct. And being an athlete, being a player myself i can tell you that there are some games that will sneak up on you because you don't have as much to lose as the team you're playing and i i'm not taking nothing away from lamar jackson and those baltimore ravens but i'm also not condemning the san francisco 49ers for being human beings they've been playing at an excellent level for the entire season they just had a bad week, and that's literally all that it is. I'm not. I'm not. This is not overreaction Thursday, for me. It's they had a bad week, and I think that if you noticed, Christian McCaffrey didn't look all that healthy. He looked good, but he didn't look all that healthy. Um, I think you know a couple other players. I'm not going to say their names out because I don't want to jinx them, because they are my NFC pick. My NFC pick for the Super Bowl is the San Francisco 49ers. Right. I think I've been saying that all year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, um, you know, my AFC pick is a little bit different. 
you know, it's going to be interesting to see what happens there. But <clears throat> my NFC pick is the San Francisco 49ers. And um, I just think that they had a bad week. I, that's, all, I, that's all I think that happened. I think they just had a bad week. I think that um, Baltimore had a good week. I think that Baltimore played a very efficient football game. I think that Lamar Jackson has proved that he is the quarterback of the Baltimore Ravens and that there shouldn't be any controversy on whether he should or shouldn't be. And I think that that's really all it came down to. You have a, 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 a veteran coach who's been to the Super Bowl against this team, playing against this team again under a new regime, under a, uh, under a new set of players, you know, with his veteran leadership that is on the Raiders to this, I mean, not the Raiders to the, uh, the Ravens and just going in there with a mindset of, I'm not going to let these guys beat me. I'm not going to let them, you know, roll, roll us over and I'm not going to let them talk about us. So I think that uh, a whirlwind combination of things, and I'm not going to call it desperation because what do the Ravens actually have to be desperate about? Other than the fact that there are a few teams in their, in their league on in the AFC that people think are, head and shoulders above them and they just want to prove that that's not the case yep and that's really all that i think happened i don't like i said I, if you guys are overreacting about this i think you guys take a chill pill i think that san francisco is going to be just fine i think that if if if, if this is the super bowl that we're going to see i think we're going to get a nice rematch and once again i think that it's going to go down to the last possession of the game but yep. that's a long – the Super Bowl is a long way away, literally. It's at least five weeks away. You know, the uh, the regular season's got two more weeks left in it. And who knows what can happen from here to there. Let's get there first. 100%. No, I agree with everything you said. And, you know, kind of with what Booby was bringing up yesterday, I think ultimately, you know, it's really just going to come down to kind of, you know, how much better they can bounce back. Now let's kind of get into that because now we're in week 17 and that's what we're talking about today. Um, the 49ers going against commanders, myself and Booby basically said we expect the Niners to like blow out. I'm sorry, we expect the Niners to blow out the commanders. Um, now, obviously, there are some injuries. Um, you know, Trent Williams with the groin, you know, but he is, he is limited in practice. So that's good. Positive, positive sign, Debo Samuel. Um, you know, Eric Armstead has been in and out this whole season. He's been missing a bunch of, of games. And, you know, I think his presence was missed, I want to say, at least, you know, both in the run and, and pass stop game to contain Lamar Jackson, um, you know, up front. And I think now the Niners have signed Sebastian Joseph Day. Um, essentially, some of the Niners fans faithful wanted to get some more offensive linemen based on how well Baltimore's pass rush was. But I do think that there's something to be said about, you know, ultimately, you know, kind of how Brock, and how Kyle can adjust their game plan and their game schemes now that they've seen Baltimore once. And, you know, they've been able to kind of, like you said, you know, Cortez, how they've been able to kind of, you know, get punched in the mouth, you know, get rocked a little bit and have their worst game of the year. Better to have it now than to have in the postseason, right? If, if I'm going to, if I'm going to go against you or anyone else. And I think that this game is more about them winning than it is about us losing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Am I going to throw my best ammunition at you in a throwaway game? <laughs> no way. Now, everyone that is watching, including some former athletes, are going to disagree with me. Mm -hmm. How many of those former athletes is a coach? Right. 
I have coached teams from obscurity to championship relevancy. And from the top of the of the of the highest league in the world to the lowest peewee league and even flag football, I will tell you that if I throw all of my weapons at you and I might have to see you in my end game, then you're gonna you're gonna have to you're scouting me in a way that I'm not gonna be able to scout you in because I gave you everything that I had. Now, if the 49ers, now what I did notice is the 49ers tried out a lot of new things that they haven't done all season last week. I noticed that the 49ers didn't use a lot of two-back set. Correct. I noticed that the 49ers spared Kittle. Mm -hmm. You didn't see a lot of throwing over the middle into traffic, did you? Well, you did, but then I, I after, after the fourth pick, <laughs> and then they tried to get away from that. So, <laughs> You know, I... I would like to think that the 49ers were, I want to say they were probably using about 70% of the playbook. Right. And I would want to say that out of that 70%, they probably used 40% of the plays they had lined up. Yeah. Um, The way they were moving around, the way they were setting up, it just didn't look like, I could be wrong. I'm not in the 49ers locker room. And, you know, mm -hmm. Booby's not in that locker room anymore. You know, you're not in that locker room. My dad's not in that locker room anymore. He hasn't been in a very <laughs> long time. He hasn't been in a very long time. But the they, I don't think that what a team does is go out and practice. You get that first team offense, and for the first couple of days, we work on our scheme for the game. Mm -hmm. We get down, and we get ready, especially on a short week. We get ready, and we – and we practice those that first 10 plays that we have for the drive. Right. We know the rest of the plays, but those 10, we should we practice to get into the end zone with 10 plays. Mm -hmm. That's usually how it goes. <clears throat> Do we make room for, like, okay, I'm going to change the name of this play only because the opposition is watching me, and I do have games to play with this play call. But no. there is a play call in our playbook. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And let's just call it Gengar 2-4, since my number is obvious. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that is not anything close to what the play is called. Right. But we're going to call it Gengar 2-4. It is a check play. Right. That means that we saw something in the defense, and we check out of whatever play, and the personnel reorganizes itself and audibles to a to a run mm -hmm. using me not any other running back me right so other running backs have different calls but if you call Gengar 24 I'm going to get the ball now whether we check 24 a b c d e you know or or you know I'm saying that so I don't give away our play calls but right. if we check a b c d or e I'm either going to be running to the inside, the outside, left, off the tackle, through the center, or everybody's pulling right, and we're just going to see what we can get from that because that's what we that's what we're going to see. What I did see was a lot of check plays. Mm -hmm. I did see a lot of clock being wound down because Shanahan didn't like the play, or Purdy didn't like the play, mm -hmm. and I don't blame him because I'm not going to give you 
our bread and butter if we're not set up for that. 100%. And, and you know, and, and the people are going to say, you know, oh, I, just, I think you're wrong. You can tell me you think you're wrong. I'm wrong all day. But I think the guys that played this game will know that sometimes the the sometimes you ain't winning today. Yeah. Any given Sunday is a thing, but sometimes you realize halfway through the first quarter, there's no way we're winning this game. And I'm going to go yeah. out there and I'm going to play my heart out and I'm going to give it my best. Still not going to win today. <laughs> that's that's basically it. No, you nailed it, bro. Um, ultimately, I'm looking at it from that perspective. You know, like you said, you know, from the player's perspective, I listen to Fred Warner's podcast. I listen to George Kittle, Brock Purdy. I listen to the coaches, Kyle Shanahan, to kind of get their perspectives on it. And, you know, you pretty much nailed it. I mean, I think the game got away, I, I want to say. But, you know, with that said, you know, with three picks in the second quarter, Christian McCaffrey rips off that that touchdown run. And then it, it's a 13-12 game with the three interceptions. You know? That's my so, point. That's right. my and point. The, right. And so I think this game proved, like you said, Kyle didn't want to – I think some people are also mentioning – Kyle didn't want to open up the playbook and show all the runs to Baltimore in the event that they do have to rematch at, at some point. Wink, wink, Super Bowl. <laughs> but essentially, this is, I think, ultimately the Niners, like Dante Whitner, former, you know, Super Bowl runner-up with, with the 2012 Niners, they're the same thing that this win, sorry, this loss um, is, is is a blessing in disguise because it will help the Niners to kind of, you know, tighten up their, tighten up their defensive coverage you know, kind of think about different ways that, you know, that they can attack with, you know, opposing defenses, um, you know, and also kind of, you know, when they, when, when opposing teams take away that middle, you know, they can kind of, you know, Kyle Shanahan can obviously, you know, open up the playbook a little bit, you know, to kind of get Ayuk and Kittle and Debo, you know, a little bit more involved to your point. Um, you know, they're not saying that they weren't involved already. Kittle was leading receiver on Monday. However, I think, you know, there are some route combinations where I thought, had Kittle basically, you know, ran, you know, for example, the first interception, which was basically going to Debo. But then, you know, Kittle was supposed I, – I think Kittle was supposed to break and then he was supposed to go to the other side, like Booby mentioned. That's what but it looked I, like. Right? It looked and like Brock, Debo was supposed to break and go to the other side. And then, and then basically Brock sails it. Kyle Hamilton, you know, an all-pro safety, was just sitting right there at the goal line. Ultimately, had Brock basically given, you know, had had, had Brock thrown it in a tighter window, like right into Debo's chest, and then maybe the Debo would have had a chance to catch that ball. Maybe it was because he did slow down in his route, and so I think, like you said, you know, I mean, it's it's literally just miscues. It was it was Baltimore's day. They needed that win. There are once in a lifetime plays, hundred percent that defense will make. Right. There are once in a lifetime plays that offense will make, mm-hmm. and sometimes those once in a lifetime plays will make or break an entire game for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, does anybody remember who David Tyree is? <laughs> I hope you do. <laughs> I'm actually connected with David on, on LinkedIn. Um, we're actually we're actually professional um, acquaintances. So. You know, I know who David Tyree is. Well, I, I know you know who David Tyree is. <laughs> I mean, everyone sh- who watches football should know who he is. And if you don't, I mean, Google Super Bowl 42. <laughs> if you have any yeah. questions about me. So. So I, I not that David Tyree wasn't an excellent receiver because I think that he was. I mm. think that uh, I think mm-hmm. that I think that he got elevated a lot after that catch. Correct. And I no, think I, that that's yeah. the most famous catch in his entire career. Absolutely, and one of the greatest plays in Super Bowl history. You know, he was a solid receiver, but you know, I don't think he was a great receiver. I think he was a great special teamer, like you know, like like yours truly. <laughs> but ultimately, I think you know that that's kind of how he made his bread and butter special teams and. 
he basically got his number called and he stepped up in the biggest moment. But like you said, it's a once in a lifetime play. Do I expect him to make that catch 10 out of 10 times? No, I think it was the one out of 10 time that he had to make that catch. He made the catch. You know, I mean, time I think he was ever required to make the catch. He made it. Absolutely. And I think and been, he stepped mm-hmm. up and made the play. I've, I, I'm going to tell you that I think that a lot of, um, a lot of miscues that did happen on uh, Sunday mm-hmm. when it comes to San Francisco mm-hmm. won't, won't happen again. I agree. And I think that if they do happen to meet in the Super Bowl, that it'll be a much different game with much different stakes. Mm-hmm. Like I said, San Francisco's all but wrapped up the number one seed. Correct. And, and, and home field advantage throughout the playoffs. Correct. I don't think that it was as big a deal to them as the media is making it out to be. And I, from the body language that was given from the coaches and the players that was interviewed, I'm going to say they've already left it in the past. Yep. That's exactly what Kyle Shanahan said today uh, on his post-game conference. Uh, or sorry, this is his, his week 17 kind of, you know, presser, you know, ahead of the commander's game on Sunday. Uh, they asked, one of the reporters asked him, you know, well, what what did you tell Brock or kind of how how has Brock kind of you know been handling this and kind of you know what does Brock need to do to improve? He's just basically said Brock needs to move on. That's it. Like you just need to move on and looks Brock's like all a second year quarterback living his life. Yep. That's it. That's it. Second year quarterback living his life, learns from his mistakes. And I think the team will grow from this as a whole. So I'm excited for this week against the commanders. My prediction for the commanders, um, Chase Young revenge game. Even with the injuries, Niners should dominate. Jacoby Brissett's a great quarterback, yeah, but that I mean, game I- will they'll they'll dominate. They'll dominate the the commanders. I will I will say this. Of teams that are not playing this week, mm-hmm. which is the Chicago Bears. No, no, the Bears are playing. Who are they playing? The Falcons. Oh yeah, it's yeah, yeah it's a throwaway game. <laughs> Here's here's what I'll say. I'm glad that they're playing. I'm glad that they're playing. So I'm this even makes it even more valid then. Chicago Bears Nation and fans. Uh-huh. From what I saw last night in a bowl game for USC, I saw stellar athletics from both sides. But what stuck out to me was the fact that a quarterback that hasn't played all year, went out there and replicated Caleb Williams' best game that he had all season in a bowl game, and which is the biggest game that those kids have played in to this point. Regardless of what people want to believe, if you're out there on that field and it's a bowl game, you want to win that game. Right. Everybody wants to lift the trophy at the end of their football season. I don't care if it's not the football championship trophy for whatever league you're in. Everybody wants to lift a trophy at the end of the season. Everyone does. You don't play the game to not lift the trophy at the end of the season. And if you're invited to a nationally televised bowl game, you're going to play your best. Uh This wasn't a throwaway game. This wasn't a throwaway game at all. (laughs) Shout out. To Zion and Zach Branch, the twins at USC. I think everybody can can understand why I'm shouting out Zion and Zach Branch. Those <laughs> little guys are fantastic and they are the future. Yeah. 
you guys are going to be dealing with branches for the rest of your lives when it comes to the sport of football because our family is churning out players left and right from all sides of the family. Yes, sir. I can move on from that. More that, That's a shameless self-promotion of my family. But this game that we saw did not make me want to say, oh, he's holding out because the Bears are going to draft him. No. <laughs> I don't believe the Bears are going to move on from Justin Fields. I believe that what they're going to do is the same thing the Bears always do. And that's use their position to get more from other teams, which means that the Bears will have to pay out less money and they have more money coming in. How do you know that? Because if I'm the Chicago Bears and I have Justin Fields and he's been proven to be even half as competent as what people would like to give him, I will keep him. The reason I know this is because these are the same Bears that rode the coattails of a defense to go to the Super Bowl when there were other quarterbacks available in the draft before and after Rex Grossman. Did they do anything other than trade for a quarterback who was established in the last 30 years? Nope. No, they didn't. We're talking about Jim McMahon gets injured. Who steps in? Doug Flutie. Who stepped in after that? Harbaugh. And I can run down this list of irrelevant quarterbacks. Look, guys, I loved watching you all play, but we're talking about top-tier guys here, guys that are, that may, that are making it into the Hall of Fame and guys that change things. This is no shade against any of those guys that we watched because we had fun doing it. You know, being a Chicagoan, we had a great time. But what I'm going to say is none of those guys had anywhere near the skill level, and this includes Trubisky, this includes Grossman, even though you made it to a Super Bowl. <laughs> This includes one of my favorite players of all time, Cordell Stewart. Mm-hmm. None of you guys are better than Justin Fields. Justin Fields is a young third-year quarterback who's really a one-and-a-half-year quarterback. This this year he spent half the season injured and with a team that they had no identity. The year before that he was injured, and the year before that he didn't even play but, what, three games after Trubisky got benched? Mm-hmm. And Trubisky got benched for failing. And then you want to talk about coaching. Matt Nagy was his coach. Matt Nagy is ruining, ruining the offense in Kansas City. Ruining it. Andy Reid, please go back to calling all the plays and telling Matt Nagy to take a seat. And that's not because I like Kansas City, because I absolutely do not like Kansas City Chiefs. But I would much rather see a team that doesn't look like the B version or the C version of who they are playing against top-tier teams on primetime every week than, than what we got last weekend. So the Bears are going to draft probably some offensive linemen, a defensive player, and most likely a receiver. Yeah. No, I think that's very perfectly reasonable. It, and actually, it, I, wouldn't you? I would. And, I mean, that's even now I should prioritize offensive linemen too um, in this offensive draft instead of running backs. But um, I was going to say for the Chiefs um, – you know, one thing that was glaring, I, I agree with you that Andy Reid should take over play calling, but honestly, I think what, what we're seeing is a lack of accountability, as Travis Kelsey had stated, because of Eric Bieniemy not being there. You know? Yes! And I think, you know, they under, 
valued, underestimated how important Eric Bienmi was to that offense. And so you're seeing now how Commanders won over the Giants last week. Yeah, I mean they've had they've had issues. You know that some players don't like him in Washington, but that's because Eric Bienmi demands excellence. I had his teammate Tremaine Mack, you know, who's also a head coach now for high school, basically said the same thing. You know, when they're when they're both Pro Bowl players back in Cincinnati, you know, Tremaine Mack and Eric Bienmi we used to share kickoff return duties. You know, I mean, uh, he said and asked me, you know, does Eric, why is Eric Bienmi getting head coach consideration? Jermaine said, because Eric demands excellence. You know? That's what did the Bears day. lose when they hired Trustman? <laughs> oh, my God. They lost They lost two things. Mm-hmm. They lost Lovey Smith, mm-hmm. who didn't have a losing season. Mm-hmm. And they lost Ron Rivera. Correct. Two big reasons why the Bears had the most unstoppable defense during the defensive era of football. Correct. The Steelers had an unstoppable defense. The Ravens had an unstoppable defense. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers had an unstoppable defense. We're talking about one of the best eras that football ever had. And then you had the Chicago Bears with the best of the best of all those teams. And what happened when they lost those two guys? They fell in every defensive stat. Mm-hmm. They they fell in every defensive stat. And we haven't had a coach that is supposed to get winning record since. Correct. Well, you did have Nagy for that one year. When Nagy had one out. year. He had one year. And, and I think Trustman <laughs> had one year with Cutler. Yeah. And I don't even know if it was a winning season. I think it was just they like uh, a, they lost they lost to the Green Bay Packers in in the, in the NFC title game, I believe. No, no, that wasn't. No, they, that was, no, that that no. So that was Lovey. That was Lovey. That was Lovey. Lovey. Okay, that was yeah. Lovey. He he got fired after losing to the Packers. Yeah, he got fired. <laughs> that ten and six season. He lost to the pack. You lose to the NFC Championship, which game. is crazy right. because if you go back and watch that play. Hmm. That was offensive pass interference. They never should have gave that to the Packers. It is what it is. I mean, at this point, you know. Yeah, but it's, I think, it's been over a decade, right? Right. And, I mean, I think, you know, to your point, you know, I think that's kind of the issue. You know, when you get rid of the authority, you lose that culture. Um, you know, I think I was kind of, you know, Harbaugh, you know, kind of bringing that into the Niners, like Booby said yesterday. You know, he's you've seen what he's done at Michigan, right? Um, Speaking you know, of Harbaugh. Yeah. <laughs> And I mean, Michigan obviously looking great. You know, I mean, they're going to be playing tomorrow. Um, who who do you think the favorite is to replace this? Uh, look, look, man. I don't, I don't have any aspirations on uh, ever making it into training camp again in Chicago. Mm-hmm. I will always be a fan, but I, I, I highly doubt that at my age I'll ever make it, ever make it back into training camp in Chicago. So I can say this without any fear. And I highly doubt that, you know, our coaches are going to give this guy a shot at anything. Mm-hmm. Listen, Matt Eberflus is a, is a clown as a coach. And <laughs> the fact of the matter is his silence speaks way more than anything that he's done. His silence on the situation. And I think that Harbaugh is in a good spot to come back into the NFL to play for a team or to coach a team that he played for for a decade. 
I mean, that's that's very very interesting. Um, Michigan's not that far from Chicago. From Michigan, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's um, you know, but his name's also floating around for L.A. for the Chargers gig. You know, because Staley's he's out. Got he's got choices. Yeah, he's he's gonna have a lot of you know teams lining up. So I mean, he's gonna make a and you know. He made it to the Super Bowl, man. He did. With Booby Dixon was was a member of that Super Bowl team. So two guys, yeah. two guys have a shot at coming back to the NFL. That's Lovey Smith, and that's and that's and, and that's um and, and and that's Jim Harbaugh. Correct. Yeah, I think I, that Lovey, if he wants to coach, Lovey will be able to come back to the NFL next season. And I mm-hmm. think that Harbaugh will be back in the NFL next season. I don't think that's a stretch. No, absolutely not. I mean, I, I agree with you. I mean, so, and, uh, you know, it's funny. I was watching Tony Dungy's documentary, being the first African-American head coach to win a Super Bowl. We talked about Lovey making the Super Bowl back in 2007, you know, with that Bears team. And it was just, it was phenomenal for him and Lovey and, you know, how that kind of bred, you know, to more African-American head coaches like Mike Tomlin, who ended up becoming the second head Super Bowl head, you know, winning head coach. And at that time, the youngest head coach to ever win Super Bowl. Um, and so I think Eric Bieniemy deserves a shot too somewhere. I don't know where it's going to be. And I don't know if he's going to get it next season. But he's definitely worthy. But I agree with you. I think Lovey and Jim are are, are prime candidates now. Speaking of uh, black coaches, are the Raiders keeping theirs? <sighs> Man, you know we talked. They've about had this, a but... culture shift in there, and the Raiders. If this was Week Three, we might be talking about the Raiders making a playoff push. Yeah, you know the reason why I'm why you heard me sigh was because they should. But you saw what happened when they when when when, when Rich Rich Pisaccia got them to a point. To a playoff berth, and they ended up, you know, going to get Josh McDaniels. You know, I I would hope that that they give Antonio at least one more season, just to kind of you know see what he's built upon. What do they have to lose? And that the team they they responded to Pierce, man. They responded. They respond to, to to Coach Pierce and Max Crosby. These guys, you know, then to your point, they have nothing to lose. So I hope that they do give him another year. You know, I'm not sure if they will, but I really hope they do. Um, and actually, let's get through some of these picks. I was gonna say, yeah. So you guys, you guys, we, we um, this is gonna be a shorter show than what you're used to. That gives you guys an opportunity to check in on us after uh, the week is over and come back. Yeah, so I was exactly. gonna ask, who do you got in ten minutes? Let's see you know, who we got. So let's go through this. Jets and Browns. I got. I mean, I got. I mean, the Jets are just playing without anything. So I'm, I mean, Joe Flacco, like we talked about, who actually mentioned this in our last podcast. Joe Flacco having. You know, a career resurgence and all the talking and the same thing. So I mean, and it's at Cleveland. So, and that defense, Miles Garrett, defense player of the year. I mean, I, I, I don't see any reason why the Browns won't win this game. What's so. one of the main reasons why at thirty six I look so good when I play? <laughs> you tell me. <laughs> because I don't play as much as I used to play. <laughs> I don't. I don't play as many games as I used to play. I don't practice as much as I used to practice. I, I'm. I'm still in the gym. You know, I'm still I'm still working out, but the wear and tear and the physical wear and tear of getting hit every day is yeah. not there. It's not there anymore. I don't have to get hit every day anymore. And now when I go to practice, now when I go to games, and now when we uh when we're in, we're, you know, if a guy thumps me too hard, the coach is gonna say something about it. Hey man, we need him for the game, bro. What are you doing? Like, yeah, he's 36, but he's better than you 26 year old dudes. Then we're not gonna have him beat him up because his bones are older. You know, yeah. that's what's going on with Flacco. Just like Tom Brady, just like just like Brett. Remember Brett Favre, the Chronicles of Brett Favre, when he yeah. was skipping every training camp every year towards the end, last five years of his his career, 
and, and then and then uh, Brady waited until until the the uh the two weeks before the season to like sign sign a contract and come back. Yeah, that's what's <laughs> happening here. Age, age is age is a factor. Flacco sat out the entire year, probably been on vacation for most of it, enjoying his money and family and his kids. You know, staying in shape, and now he's ready to unleash freshness when everybody else has got boo boos, yeah. and he doesn't. You 100%. know, I'm going to say that 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 Flacco carries those Browns way farther than the Jets are going to go before they run out of fuel. They ain't no Concords, I'll tell you I'm... that right now. So they're not going that far, and I think that Flacco's going to show out on Thursday Night Football tonight. I think this game's over in the second quarter. I agree. I think I think the Browns are going to pull them out. And you know, to your point about about playing glad you you're basically pulling the page on Michael Strahan's book during his last season with New York at the age of 36 when he led the Giants, you know, with Tyree and Eli Manning to the Super Bowl. <laughs> so I can definitely see that. Michael Strahan right, said it. Yeah, he said the same thing. <laughs> he, he said that he said if I'm going to come back and play, I'm not going to training camp. <laughs> so, People talk about it all the time, but dude, we're not. Dude, we've been playing this game since we're four years old, man. And I'm not, no, I don't need look, I got the fundamentals down. I got that part down. I got I got the work regimen down. I don't need to worry about, you know, two stepping nothing. Get put the put the rock in my hand and that happens. You know what I'm saying? That's all you gotta worry about. All I gotta do is stay in shape, stay strong, keep it moving. All right, we got five minutes. Let's let's run through these picks. All right. I'm gonna start with the with the week ones and then we'll get to the to the two marquee matches I'm targeting. So Titans at Texans. Um I'm gonna go with Tennessee. Um, CJ Stroud being out, you know. Uh, Falcons at Bears. I don't even care who wins this game because they're both kind of Chicago's going to blow them out. Okay, Chicago's going to blow them out. I mean, I think it's going to be a close game because of BJ B. John Robinson. You know, is it in Chicago or is it Atlanta? It's it's in Chicago. So, oh, Atlanta doesn't stand a chance in Chicago. They never have. Absolutely, yeah. No, yeah. I I guess Bears will win. Saints at Bucks. They they haven't been able to stand a chance in Chicago since since the big days, and even then. Go back and look at those games. Chicago blew them out then too. Hundred percent. Saints at Bucks. I got the Bucks, obviously. Bucks. Yeah. Patriots at Bills. I got the Bills. Bills. Cardinals at Eagles. I want the Cardinals, but probably going to go Eagles. Yep. Panthers at Jags. 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 Yes, sir. Raiders at Colts. Raiders. Raiders. Colts. Yeah, Raiders. Yep. Rams at Giants. I'm going to go on a limb. I'm, I'm going to pick the G-men. I'm picking the, the Giants too. Yeah, I mean, it might be. I mean, they. I'm gonna pick them, and the Rams are a little bit banged up, so I got them. Picking, hey, yeah, Tommy, baby, Tommy Cutlets. I'm going with Tommy Cutlets. Yeah, <clears throat> Niners, the Commanders. We've got Niners. Niners blowout. Yep, Steelers, the Seahawks, Super Bowl Forty rematch. Ooh, Lofo might be watching this. Okay, let's. Uh, I mean, damn, that's a that's a good one. Actually, what's up, Lofa? Miss you, bro. Yeah, I miss you too, brother. Yeah, I hope you're watching listening. I know you like my post recently on Niners, but and you know, I mean, I I I, I know Lofa doesn't like Niners, but I mean, whatever. All right, Steelers, Seahawks. Uh, basically, uh, I shit. Is that Seattle? I'm gonna go Seattle. I'm gonna go Lofa Seahawks. Continue I'm their, going their Seattle, playoff. bro. I'm going Seattle. Bengals at Chiefs. Ooh, this one's interesting. Both uh, okay. Which Browning are we gonna get? Yeah, exactly. That's the question. We so. can talk about that one for a second. Which if if we get the Jake Browning that thinks he's Tom Brady, we're, then then the Bengals are gonna win. I yeah. I think there's too much dysfunction in Kansas City right now, and I think that they they might not get that straight. And you know what? I would be surprised to see them at eight and seven next week. Hundred percent. I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with the Bengals too on pull off the upset. 
Charge the Broncos. I don't even care. I mean, the Russell Wilson game bench. I don't even want to game that. It's so messy. It's all financial. It's, it's messy. It's financial. It's not about Russell's play. Russell's playing a good season, especially the second half of the season. Yes, and it's just Sean Payton saying that. Oh yeah, like you know, I know I, I can't change offensive linemen, but we need a spark. But really, it's Dude, the wall. Dude, you're, you're you're almost in the playoffs, Sean Payton. What are you doing? Yeah, it's really the Wong family just saying, hey, yeah, we don't want to pay this guy next year. Just go ahead and do what you got to do. We're paying you 18 mil. We're going with the coach. We're not going with the quarterback. But, I mean, and I, I'm Russell, I'm Russell good. I mean, for him, you know, to his benefit, he'll still get $39 million next year, even if he's not on the roster. So, good for him. So, um, yeah, I mean, it doesn't matter. I, I think Broncos will win. Do we uh, see Russell Wilson in, in Vegas next year? Oh, my gosh. That would be nice. But, yeah, I mean – I. I the question is, does Russell want to compete and go through the grind at the age of 35? Because he has so much. Yes. Okay, if, I mean, if he does, then yes. Then yes, we will see him in Vegas. We'll see him anywhere. But, you know, the question is, will he be able to beat out Aiden O'Connell? I think he can, you know. But the first take of talk he had said that, you know, he doesn't want to go through the grind. So, but, I mean, I, I, I think he will. Lastly, Packers at Vikings. I'm going to go with the – I'm going to go with the Packers because the Vikings have been kind of reeling a bit. Um, Nick or do Paul, you see Russell in, in Minnesota if – if um if he doesn't if if he doesn't resign if Kirk I mean, doesn't resign yeah maybe maybe that's another opportunity landing spot for Russell we'll cover that in our episode in interest time I, I, I want to get through these two marquee matchups now Detroit Lions at Dallas and Dal- Miami at, at Baltimore it's at Dallas it's at Dallas Dallas will win by three okay yeah I'd so oh my gosh I hope Dallas wins that's gonna it's help at, it's at Dallas Dallas doesn't lose at home yes sir. They've, they've then, lost two weeks in a row. They're not going to lose at home. Yes, sir. And then lastly, Miami had Baltimore. I don't. I can't call it. Yeah. I hope Miami, but Baltimore. They're in Baltimore, right? Yeah. And Miami has beaten the home uh, team over 500. Baltimore's going to win that game. Yep. Baltimore's going to win that game, unfortunately. So, Anyway, that's going to wrap up our picks and our episode for today. Thank you all for tuning in. Hope you guys, you know, follow us at DDOG Podcast, you know, on Twitter, Instagram, you know, Spotify, as well as YouTube, Cortez Branch, Soul Repo 24 on IG, as well as Twitter. You know, you all know me. So, anyways, anything else you want to close out with, my brother? Hey, you guys, um, stay safe this holiday season. And um, you, I, don't, I don't want the last thing you ever watch to be our show at the end of the at the end of the year you know i want please come back strong and safe and uh join us for a revolutionary year of 24 so shout out to all the 24s that have appeared on this show <laughs> hey booby i know you listening you know shout out to the 24s that have appeared on the show especially if they're running backs so uh thanks thanks to you know the 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 greatest host you know, Mr. Ali over here, thank you to the greatest host, you know, and a really close friend of mine. And I want to wish you and your family, you know, a very successful end of the year and a very successful year of 24 as well. And um, I'm grateful that we're able to do this. And, you know, next year, I'm sure we got some other stuff, you know, in mind and planned. And I think it's going to be fun for everyone. Yes, sir. We're going to the we're going to start playoffs. So. Thank you again once again, everyone tuning in. Thank you. Thank you, my co-host. And we'll see you guys at 24. God bless.